they do think that the core of being able to determine your brand is understanding what you're passionate about and what's going to motivate you because building a brand, being an entrepreneur, being a leader in general, it's hard. And when the times get hard, you have to fall back on something that makes you want to wake up in the morning. From Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs, it's Ideas Elevated, the podcast that elevates innovative entrepreneurs and their ideas. I'm Danielle Kahn, the head of Lift Labs, and today's guest is Kendra Bracken Ferguson, who recently joined us live at Lift in collaboration with the Gotham Film and Media Institute's Women Owning It. Kendra is a digital marketer, brand architect, and entrepreneur. She's worked with companies such as Ralph Lauren, AT&T, Under Armour, Sally Beauty, and more, helping them develop the next evolution of their digital media strategies. In this episode, hosted by Gotham's founder, Kia Brooks, Kendra discusses her career path, including her experience partnering with Halle Berry in 2020 to build the health and wellness company, Respin. You'll walk away with tools and tactics to help your own business. All that and more with Kendra Bracken Ferguson, now on Ideas Elevated. Usually how I like to start these is, you know, to give a few minutes for the guests to kind of share what they do um, so that you can share it in your own words and kind of give us a brief bit of background on who you are and how you've gotten to where you are today. I was one of those people that when I was literally in sixth grade, I decided what I wanted to be, and that was to be a publicist. And it was very organic. The president was giving a speech and his, what I later learned was his press secretary walked up and handed him a piece of paper. And I was like, who is that? Who is the person that's telling him what to say? And I learned that that was his publicist, the press secretary. And so I said, that is what I want to do. That's what I went to school for. And it took me on this interesting journey of really diving into social media, digital marketing, and my niche with storytelling and branding through online channels and became the first director of digital media at Ralph Lauren. So had the experience of going from one of the largest agencies in the world in-house at such a premier and luxury brand and really honed in on what does digital really mean, but not only creating content, but making money from content. So when I was at Ralph, I was forced to kind of show how much money are we making off of these bloggers 2009. So it's all so new. And it was at that time and space that I met my first business partner, Karen Rabinovitz, and we started Digital Brand Architects. So in 2009, we literally had the first agency to manage bloggers. And after DBA, we had an investor. I left and started Brain Trust. And that was also monumental because I wanted to get back from the side of talent and on the side of brands, working with brands to help them tell their story. And so Braintrust really became this digital marketing brand management agency. And my first client was actually Halle Berry, who had been my client at DBA. And I said, I'm starting this company. And she said, well, we work together. So she came over and, and we've been working together since six years later. But it really was this moment of going from PR, where you're helping to tell stories, to literally then working with talent to create their brands, to now working with brands to build brands. So I always like to also, because the name of this event series on RN is Women Owning It. So I love to hear like from our panelists, you know, what does owning it mean to you? Um, and are there examples in your life who have taught you how to own it? Yeah, I think that's such a great question because owning it comes in so many forms, right? It's owning your confidence. It's having the ability to own what you're good at. And I think for me, like that really came about um, with 
was actually owning my own company. It was really in those moments that I was able to say, I'm actually good at strategy. I'm good at building brands. I'm good at being a brand architect. And prior to, I was always like, I know what I'm good at, but I'm not sure if I could say it. And so for me, owning it was being able to express like not only what I'm passionate about, but also what I'm really good at. And I think that that was one of the things when we talk about women and we talk about men, you know, it really is true in terms of the duality of the sexes and like having that confidence to own and not only to own it, but to express it. And so for me, that's really when I think about owning it, it is how do I own the narrative around what I'm good at, what I'm passionate about, and like really what I feel I was brought into this world to share and to help others do. And that's really around branding. Yeah. And I mean, to talk about branding now and kind of getting deep to what the topic of the conversation is, you know, I really feel like great brands often start with great ideas. And we probably have a lot of people on this um, event that are like, they have their idea and they're like, this is a brand, but how do I even like get started? Or what does that even mean? Really? You know, like, how does this idea become a reality? Um, and so in your experience working with different brands, you know, how should entrepreneurs and like, creators, you know, the filmmaker types think about translating their idea you know, into a story that's easy to tell, that's compelling, that will get their target audience involved, their, you know, potential funders involved. Like, how do you really take that idea and turn it into a true brand story for yourself? I mean, I think that that is, that's where a lot of entrepreneurs kind of either launch or don't launch, or they launch and then they quickly realize that those elements aren't there. Um, I think that, you know, it's kind of cliche and a lot of people talk about passion to profit. But I do think that the core of being able to determine your brand is understanding what you're passionate about and what's going to motivate you. Because building a brand, being an entrepreneur, being a leader in general, like I always say, I'm an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur because I have that mindset of experiencing both. But I think it's hard. And when the times get hard, you have to fall back on something that makes you want to wake up in the morning, that that you think about all night, that makes you not sleep all night because you have so many ideas about how to fuel it. I think the counter to that, to your point, is not all good ideas and not everything you're passionate about is a business, is a brand. And taking the time to decipher between the two and really understanding that. And so when you think about the brand, yes, you want to have fun and you want it to be great. But at the end of the day, you still need to make money and you still have to think about a bottom line and you still have to think about profitability. And depending upon what business you're in, that profitability may come much later. It may be rooted in services that is tied up to how many clients can you get and how many brands can you keep? So there's all these nuances. And for me, the starting place is always, what am I passionate about? What do I love to do? Why is that important? How do I add value in doing that? And from there, starting to look on the other side of business and what does it take to really turn that into something that's sustainable. And the exercises around that are really asking the questions like, what is it? Why are you doing it? And then what is going to make someone actually choose your brand over another person's brand? Yeah. And in terms of, you know, when you get to that point of like, you, you figured out what you're passionate about, you know, the story you want to tell, you think it's important for entrepreneurs to think about that story from like the perspective of like we're saying, you know, like your funders versus your audience. Is it one story that you're trying to tell and then you kind of like delineate it into different areas or how does that kind of come together? So I think it really depends. I mean, when we started DBA, 
we were self-funded and the same with brain trust, but that's because we were working with brands. And so we were a service-based agency business and brands were paying us. And so we were able to get by to a certain extent without having to take outside capital. We also, when we started DBA, which some people agreed and some people didn't, but we didn't have this massive savings where we could tap into it and say, oh, we have this rainy day fund. It was literally robbing Peter to pay Paul, like getting this check, picking up this job to pay for the business. And then it was literally, you know, going into three, four years later when we took an investor and we were at a place where we knew we needed to have growth, where it became this notion of you you need to do that in order to survive, or you're always going to stay at this one place. But I think the core when we started was we know that there's this need for new types of influencers. There was a white space for bloggers to actually even have talent management, but we saw that they literally had more traffic, more followers than like a lot of the big brands. And so we knew that we had to focus on them and we had to focus on the core consumer before we could then think about what does our investor need? What does our investor feel? And I think it depends on the industry. Like if you're trying to go out and create a tech business and you need the platform and the technology and and all these proprietary tools, that's a different business model. But at the same time, if you're doing something that's consumer facing, you can't create that in a bubble just because an investor in Silicon Valley who may have never touched what you're doing is telling you. And so it's a fine balance. I just always feel if you can lead up with the mindset of your consumer, then everything else will come into play. And then as you bring on the investor, you have to then mitigate that and you have to work with your investor and you have to pick the right investor. So many people don't pick the right investor to support their vision and to support their consumer either for lack of knowledge or for lack of having access to others. And so that's where I think the conversation starts to get get interesting whenever, you know, and I guess that's another section session <laughs> when we talk about investing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it has to be rooted in, in who are you talking to, the what, the why, and the consumer. And so obviously, I think this is a good segue into with consumer, like their first, when is their first impression of your brand, right? And I feel like that's oftentimes probably especially nowadays, either social media and or your website. And so since a lot of people here are probably thinking about websites and related to first impressions and brand storytelling, you know, what do you think it takes for a brand to make that great first impression through your website, for example? You know, it used to be like you had this website or you had a retail store and that's how people encountered you. And like so much so now, I mean, we don't even have to get into Clubhouse, but there's so many channels and there's so many access points that it really is about brand consistency overall. So what does my brand stand for? What does it look like? What's the feeling that I want people to have when they encounter my brand? And that has to happen on different channels, right? So your experience whenever you go to your Instagram or your Twitter or your LinkedIn or your Pinterest or, you know, even your Clubhouse bio Um, you know, versus your website, even though those are different platforms and different mediums, they're all important because they immediately tell the story. So I always like to take a step back and say, you know, what's the first thing that you want people to take away whenever they encounter you? And it has to be just like quick, what is it? Again, who am I? Why am I here? Why are you coming here? 
But I do think that it's important to have all forms of media connected to your brand. Now, the way that you resource those is different. You can put up a website and luckily now you can, you know, have plugins so that your website is constantly looking refreshed, but you're literally just flowing in content from other channels. And then you can use the other channels to be kind of that always on, you know, the live, the ongoing one-on-one personality that comes out from your brands with your consumers. But I always like to start with like at the top, like what is, what does my brand represent? You know, what does my logo say? What are, what's the narrative? What's the colors and really landing on that because then you can create anything once you have the foundation of what you want your brand to express. Can you share any like tools that you've had to use when you, you know, since you've worked on obviously a variety of brands um, related to writing copy and like thinking about imagery and kind of what the balance is between those two. Cause again, I think there's a lot of people here that are probably in that process right now. And so that would be really helpful to hear from your perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I'm less on the execution at this point in my career. However, like I literally wanted to make a change on our website and I went into Squarespace and made the change. Like you know, I, I think there's a level of adeptness that we all need. I mean, so many people on the team um, are literally taking all kinds of classes. Like everyone is like, I know how to edit this. I literally called our our web designer and I was trying to edit this. Like we were basically recording a Zoom and there were some things said on the Zoom that I did not want shared broadly. And I was like, oh, I need to know how to edit this myself. And so we get on and we're going into quick movie and, and all these things. And I think that like there's a level as a business owner that you have to take responsibility and be able to do. So like when we first started VBA, we were on Wix and we, and this is 2009 and we went on and we literally put a website up that day. I talked to my business partner. I literally texted her and I said, I have an idea for a company. She said, me too. That was Saturday morning. By Saturday night, we had put up a temporary website on Wix and we had our holding page and we were ready to go. And even when I was starting the brain trust, I went onto Squarespace and I watched some videos from other people. And I said, okay, I can put up a website that makes me feel like I'm a real brand. And then as I had more resources and more funding, I could evolve it. But Squarespace is an amazing tool. I also, and I may be late, so tell me in the chat, um, Canva is such a great tool. I think, you know, we love Keynote and we love Drive and we love all these programs, but Canva from making your logo to making your presentation to figuring out fonts and colors together, it is such a great resource. Um, And then there's just a lot of other apps and tools and things, but those are really kind of the stables when I think about what's my toolkit for getting an about us deck and for figuring out my logo. And it truly is Squarespace, Canva, there's your package. You can essentially get a lot of it for free. <laughs> That's great to know because <laughs> our end of our audience with filmmakers, we need free things, unfortunately, right? especially right now. <laughs> um, so let's talk a bit about brain trust. I mean, um, to hear, you obviously spoke about it a bit at the beginning, but to hear just more about like the work that you do with entrepreneurs and brands and kind of how you help them with telling and developing their story. I'm sure having that PR experience and like the digital marketing Mm -hmm. experience comes in handy a lot because I know from my experience with PR, working with filmmakers, like they don't have, often have that sensibility or know those tools of how to tell the story through like a PR lens. So I'd love to hear kind of how 
brain trust has been able to help entrepreneurs by telling their stories. Absolutely. Um, and I think that was really for me, like, I remember this moment where I was like, I'm not sure I want to stay at DBA. I kind of want to look at other things. And I sat in my office and I was like, what is it that you really love in business? Like, what have you learned? And so much of it was like brains. I really like being around smart people. And I was like, okay, so the first thing is I want to be around smart people. And the other was that I trust, you know, coming from New York to LA, you meet all kinds of different business people. And I think the fundamental thing for me was integrity and trust and knowing that if I'm on a team with someone, we're all going to be a collective unit moving towards the same goal. And yes, everyone's going to have their personal agenda, but we're not going to get mired in that personal agenda and not be able to do what we need to do. So it really became this really putting two words together, brain and trust, to really set the intentionality around the type of company that I wanted to create. And so from there, it really just flowed into like, what am, what am I good at? What do I love? And it's helping to build brands and it's helping people to figure out their brands. And so Brain Trust was really born from the most organic and unique place of me, but then also incorporating the talent of my team because Brain Trust isn't just about me. It's about the entire team and all the skills that we bring together. And at the core, it really is working with brands, whether it's telling their story, creating their content, helping them figure out influencers. We created influencer data mapping so that we could have a system to help navigate the waters of influencers through AI, but also mixed with human insight. So a lot of what we're doing is not just let me help you build the story, but then how do you actually grow and tell that story and create a sustainable brand? And so that's really kind of at the core of, of what the agency is doing. And, you know, working to bring out multiple talent-led brands, but then also working with, you know, our longtime partner, Cantu, to help them launch their skin line or to help them bring out new products. So it's a nice merging of brand and talent. Wow, that's really exciting. And again, how long have you had Brain Trust for, would you say? So it's um, so six years. Yeah. Congratulations. I know. Thank you. But as you have brain trust, you now are doing respin. So it's like you're just moving along, right? Girl, I have a whole portfolio. So I, I call it like, I call it my business portfolio. These are my assets. So, you know, respin is such a passion project. Like I said, it's funny because I started brain trust. Hallie was my first client and we've worked together all these years in various forms and I think that, you know, for me, one of the things that I love about brand building is supporting people on their vision. And she is one of the most amazing visionaries that I know. And she is a testament of someone who works really hard to get what they want. And so we have such a common bond in that in terms of our work ethic, how we treat people and our vision. And so about four years ago, we were talking about she she in the early 2000s herself had a site called Hollywood and it was really her in her basement there's all these old photos you can google where she's like behind this big box computer like talking to her fans and it just got too big for her and so you know she was acting and couldn't do it anymore and so we said oh my gosh let's revisit Hollywood and so it was like we're going to do fashion and all these things 
And fast forward to when you talk about technology, I literally started looking at social and running the numbers and my team pulled all of these reports and we found that she over-indexed in health and wellness. And at the same time, she was doing John Wick 3. And so it became this interesting, you know, merging of, wow, you've been about health and wellness your whole life. You are diabetic. You've had to overcome that with exercise and fitness. And it shows. And so we literally put our heads down and through her vision of creating a health and wellness platform, we created Respin. And so I'm her business partner in the entity. Um, and it's great because Braintrip has been instrumental in that from an operations perspective and back of house perspective. And we launched early. I mean, we had this beautiful vision of how we were going to launch and everything we were going to do when we had just gotten our fitness equipment and retail. And this is literally last year. And then in March, all of our retailers closed. And so we immediately had to pivot. And we were like, now is the time to democratize health and wellness and to provide information, education, resources, to build a community where people can come together, especially in what was such a hard last year. And so for me, it's such a natural place to be because all of my worlds are so intertwined and so connected. And the through line for me, again, is brand architecture. So being able to help her support her vision and build her brand is very much aligned with kind of with what I want to do. And, you know, at the same time, I'm the host of Business of the Beat, my new podcast that is all focused on black and brown beauty and wellness founders and leaders. And over the course of the pandemic, you know, helping Hallie start her brand, running my own company, you just see more and more what's happening in the black community and even in the BIPOC community as a whole. Whenever you look at the numbers of businesses that were lost, I mean, the rates with black businesses, it, it, it's the highest. And so for me, again, with building brands, shedding light on brands, like I wanted to be able to have conversations with other brand leaders, particularly in beauty and wellness, which is really my through line to shed a light and to say like together united, we can ultimately change the faces that we see and we can grow brands together. And I mean, I know, like you said, we could do so many other chats about so many other topics. I know Kia, I'm like giving you all, I'm like, and this is the next one. And this is the next one. <laughs> <laughs> it's important though, to note that like you as an entrepreneur, you know, are going into like, you're taking all the knowledge you have with content online and then doing podcasts and audio and how important that is also to get your message and your story out there is that people are consuming, you know, content, not just from like what we see on our computer or, you know, we're hearing content through podcasts. Yeah. So I think that's really exciting. And I think it's important, like, even when you think about your brand, like we don't have to just be one thing. You know, I've heard so many people say, and you're doing this and you're doing that. And I'm like, and I'm doing me and I'm good at it. If one thing was suffering because of the other, but I think that that's also the mentality. Like I love women owning it. Like that is really the theme. I am owning what I'm good at and I'm owning what I know, where I know I can add value to myself, to my team and to other people. And I think for so long, it was like, you have to have this straight line and you have to do this. And I mean, that's the beauty of having all these channels. That's the beauty of saying, I can have a podcast here. I can run a business here and I can set up a pop tell retail, you know, pop-up retail here. But I think that when we talk about the heart of owning it, it is, it's owning your narrative and it's owning this perspective that we can do all the things and that we have to be aware within ourselves to know like 
when do we need to take a break or when do we need to put more time here? Because nothing's ever, there's, there's no such thing as like a perfect balance. Mm -hmm. You always constantly have to be pivoting and you have to be flexible and you really have to roll with the punches. And so I think that that's the beauty of, of really owning it. Well, you just gave me a good clue. Yeah. <laughs> I see a team happening here. I appreciate that. Um, well, shortly we'll get into some of the networking. So I feel like a good question to kind of also round this whole conversation out is thinking about, you know, being an entrepreneur. And especially I feel like there's been, you know, a lot of conversations over the last few, like January to now around accountability and goals because everyone's like, it's a new year. Like, let's think about our goals when really you should be thinking about them year round. But I'm, I feel like accountability is really key to getting your brand, your brand off the ground, especially if you're like a solo entrepreneur and you kind of have to like be your own engine. So how do you hold yourself accountable to achieving your goals and what tools can you share with the audience of how they can do that as well? So that's a really good question. And, and actually last Sunday, I went through this exercise of holding myself accountable and really being able to say like, what is it that I want to finish this year? And so I, I woke up super early and I literally mapped out everything that I was working on, all the different opportunities and offers. You know, as a black woman, of course, you know, we're like, we're the unicorn right now. So everybody wants you on their board. Everybody wants to call you. Everybody wants to pick your brain. So I literally had to map out, like, what are the things that I'm doing, you know, that are essentially my day job? What are the things that I'm passionate about? What are the things that I aspire to do? And I literally took the time to write it all out. And then I said, but what am I accountable for, for myself? That's going to make me feel like I've accomplished something that I've reached a goal. What am I accountable for, for others? I own a whole company, you know, I'm running too. So I have to also be accountable for my team, especially during this time. I have, I want to keep everybody employed, but not just employed, gainfully employed. I want to help them create generational wealth the same way that I want to do for myself. So I have to be accountable to numbers. I have to be accountable to running those companies. And then at the same time, I have to be accountable to things that maybe aren't work-related, spending time with my daughter who's still in homeschool, exercising. Exercising and working out is extremely important to me. And so I have to be accountable for myself in those things. So my exercises lay it all out there. And then let's be really realistic with ourselves about what that means. And then I literally did a slide that said, like, what do I want to finish in 2021? And I broke that out by quarter so that from an accountability perspective, I can do all these things. But if I'm not completing anything, if I'm not hitting my goals, if I'm not hitting my numbers, then I'm not being accountable to myself or those around me. And I think that that's where we sometimes get in this place of like, from here to here to here, I want to do this or that but we still have to be accountable to the things that we say that we're going to do. And for me, that's where the trust and the integrity comes into play because it's so important that we hold ourselves accountable. And you can only do that if you know what you have to be accountable to do. And so that's why I took the first step of making sure that I was very clear and intentional on everything that was on my plate so that I could be accountable in the right places to show up and get it done. This has been Ideas Elevated from Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. For more info and to find us on social, head to ComcastNBCULift.com or check out the show notes. Ideas Elevated is a Q9 production. This episode was produced by Kevin Schmidlin 
with associate production by Catherine Nails, editing and mixing by Jeremy Bishop, and theme music by The Last Generation on Film. From Lift Labs, I'm Danielle Kahn. Until next time.